Let's turn in our Bibles to begin with to Exodus chapter 13. And we're going to look at verse 2 and then again in verse number 12 as we consider the doctrine tonight of sanctification. Sanctification. We see it mentioned, this word to sanctify, found twice here in the book of Exodus chapter number 13. That's where we're going to begin as we consider what this word is and what it means and what the scripture describes for us in this doctrine of sanctification. Exodus 13, verse number 2, he says, Sanctify unto me all the firstborn, whatsoever openeth the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and of beast, it is mine. In verse number 12, he says, That thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all that openeth the matrix, and every firstling that cometh of the beast, which thou hast, which thou hast, the males shall be the Lord. So that, that word sanctify, we see it defined in verse number 12, set apart. Set apart. And so he says, he tells them in the beginning of this passage to, to sanctify. He tells us down there in verse number 12, that means to set apart. And it's set apart to the Lord. It's specific, but to set apart to the Lord. And this is what this doctrine of sanctification is all about, is being set apart to and for the Lord, to be set apart to Him. And we studied last time about the adoption that we have in Christ Jesus. And this, this adoption gives us eternal life. It is, it is our legal standing before God, it is the, the promise to us of an inheritance in Him. And so this part of this uh, working of salvation in us, one of the things that comes out of that is this doctrine or this thing of sanctification, us being set apart unto the Lord. And so this, this is something uh, that is... Uh, like every other part of our salvation, this is a grace of God. And in His eyes, it's already done. It's finished. We've been set apart to Him. Uh, just as Paul tells us there in Romans chapter 8, as he's describing there in verse number 29 and verse number 30, the process of salvation as it's being brought to us, particularly there in verse number 30, he uses the past tense on all of those things, called and uh, justified and glorified. And, and just like glorification there, we're not glorified yet. Uh, we're still in the flesh. We're still as ugly as we've always been. We, we do not have our perfect bodies that the Lord has promised to give us, an immortal, sinless body. We don't have that yet. But as Paul is writing it there in Romans chapter 8, verse number 30, he uses the past tense as if we already have. And the reason he uses that past tense is because in the mind of God, it's done. It's already completed. It's finished. Uh, the Lord declared that from the cross. This work is done. 
Now we're still going through the process of getting to it, but it's it, it's it's going to it's going to be done because God is the one that's done it, and so in His from His standpoint, it's finished, it's done, and so it's this sanctification likewise. As far as us being sanctified, us being set apart to Him fully, to Him from His perspective, it's done. Right? But from our perspective, it's a process that is continually working in us. Go over to Romans 8.29 and look with me there as he describes again this salvation. Romans 8, verse number 29. He, he, he's already told us, we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. And then he says, for whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son. We are, we are predestinate, predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son. He is, he is the image of God to this world. Christ Jesus our Lord. He is the express image, the scripture says, the express image of God. If they and he even made that point. You, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That was the declaration the Lord made. And so this this image of Christ Jesus is what the process of sanctification is working and will work in us. Now, um, well, I'll, I'll leave it at that. He's making us more and more like His Son. As long as we're in this flesh, we're never going to get it. Okay, we're never going to get there. And so this flesh has to die. It has to, it has to be changed. It has to be made... New. It has to be. It has to be given a glorified body in order for us to have that fullness of the sanctification that he's that he's promised to us. But he's making us more and more into the image of his dear son, and this this is describing that work of setting us apart unto himself. That process of sanctification that is that is going on in us as the children of God. And so the longer we have been saved, the longer we have been the children of God, the more of that work He has done and is doing in us. Now that's not to say a child of God saved many years can sin horribly and and ruin their testimony before this world. They they can do that. They They can do awful Awful sins. We we are capable of doing the very worst. Uh, Brother Charlie Lybrook told me one time uh, he was uh, preaching revival for us, and I was talking to Brother Charlie, and um, I don't remember now even how the conversation came up, but he said, "Let me tell you something." He said, "A child of God can do the very worst of sins, and we'll give ourselves excuse that it's good." And he said, child of God can do that. But then he went on to tell me a story about when he started to kill a guy one time. And he, he said, if that guy would have came back down the hill, the guy was driving his car up and down in front of Charlie's house, and he said, the kid was playing out in the yard, and 
And he said, I went out and stopped him and told him, hey, listen, there's kids down here. You're driving too fast. You need to, need to take it on out. And he said, the, the, the guy cussed him, turned around and drove off, went back to the top of the hill and come back down the hill again. And Charlie said, I went inside. I got my rifle. I went out into the yard. If that man, he said he was up at the top of the hill revving his engine. He said he saw me step out with my rifle and he turned around and drove off. He said, there was no doubt if he would have came back down that hill, I was killing him. And he said, I was using an excuse that I was protecting my children. In reality, I was angry because he cussed me when I told him to leave. And so he, he said, he said I, would have, I would have killed that man if he had come back down the hill. So we, we can do, we can do awful sins. We're very capable of that even after years of sanctification. But if we are truly the children of God, that will not ruin God's process. That will not ruin His process. We'll mess up. We'll hurt ourselves. We'll hurt a lot of other people maybe in the process. We'll, we'll hurt our testimony before others. We'll hurt our testimony before this world. But as, as far as the ED is concerned, as far as the, the past tense is concerned, it's still done in the presence of our God. And that is the wonder and glory of His grace. Because even at our worst, even our worst, He still has us. He still has us. And so this process is a process of setting us apart unto the Lord. Now, many believe, and it's what I've been talking about, sanctification is a progressive work of grace in the soul. And this is, this is fact. It's what it is. It is a it is a continuous work going on in us of God's grace working in us. Um, but it, it, again, it can never go the full distance as long as we're in this flesh. Okay? Go look with me at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 23. He says, then the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That your whole, that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it takes, it, this, even though this process, and it is a work of grace, it is a process that's going on in us, it's still, we are not living, or we are not doing on the, the, the previous work of our sanctification. It's still by God's grace. 
He is the one that keeps us. He is the one that holds us, you see. He is the one that keeps us in place. He is the one that preserves us in Himself. Sanctification is something done for the Christian as well as in the Christian. It's done for us and in us by God. He is the one that sets us apart unto Himself. Now, Many believe that sanctification is a blessing for a select group of Christians. Um, this view states it is, it is a blessing for only a, a few sample saints. Just, just some that are, have been really good. Uh, then those folks are sanctified holy. Those, those that have, have worked really hard and done their very best and given their all for the Lord, these folks, that's the ones that, those are the saints. You see. Those are the ones that are, are fully sanctified. And this is not true. It's simply not the case because this process of sanctification and this work of sanctification by our Lord goes on in every single one of His children. It's not a select group that becomes saints, but rather it is all of His children that are the saints of God. Because that's, that word saint, by the way, is, is the root or is the uh, derivative, rather, of the word sanctify. It is, it's those that have been set apart. It's those that have been set apart. And so this, this work, this work is a work that God has performed and is performing in all of His children. Um, many believe that sanctification comes after regeneration and justification. Um, and in a sense it does because it is a process as we've been talking about. But there are those that believe it comes afterward uh, and it is a, uh, a part of a second blessing. That's the, one of the words that they use. And they, they incorporate uh, this idea of sanctification, that, that, that full work that is done uh, along especially with the uh, work of the Spirit in us. And so they... That's, that's two of the things. It's a, it's a holiness view, and they, they are looking for that fullness of the sanctification, and they are looking for the, the, the indwelling of the Spirit. They don't believe that you get that at salvation, but that it comes later. And it is when, that, when you have that, then you're fully sanctified. You see, that's kind of how their viewpoint is on it. Um, but along with that viewpoint, is they have to, uh, their, their doctrine naturally has to lead them to a place where they say they no longer sin because they are now fully sanctified. Now they're, I don't ever sin anymore. But they do. And if they do, they lose their salvation and they have to get it again. But then they get sanctified again and they get the Holy Spirit again and then. They're fully sanctified again. That's kind of how it rolls in their thinking. Um, 
And so you may lose regeneration and justification unless you get your full sanctification. That's, that's how they teach that. You've got to get fully sanctified or you might lose your justification and regeneration. But they all do. And they lose it. Because they, well, obviously I wouldn't fully sanctify because of sin. And so because of sin, I've lost my salvation. So I thought I was fully sanctified, but obviously I wasn't fully sanctified. And so I, I have to get resaved. And after I got resaved, then I, I need to get fully sanctified. I've got to strive for that again. And so as long as they, so it's, it's based on then whether or not they can keep themselves. And the, the reality, the understanding that we have concerning God's wondrous grace is we know we can't keep it. We don't have the ability to keep it ourselves. We, we don't have the power to keep it ourselves. We are kept by our God. He is the one that keeps us. Jesus said that plainly to us in, in John chapter number 10, that we are held in the Father's hand. And He says, no man can pluck you from my Father's hand. And He said that we are held in His hand and nobody can pluck us out of His hand. So we're, we're held by Him. He is the one that keeps us. He is the one that preserves us. He is the one that has given us this grace. And He is the one that keeps that grace. And so this process or this work of sanctification uh, is never fully realized in the heart of the child of God. Before God is done. But for us, we're still processing through it. We're still working through it. Romans chapter 8, verse number 30. Again, we don't read that verse again, but the, again, it's past tense. Paul tells us that. These things, are, these things are done. Many believe that one, that no one rather is sanctified until after death. In a sense, that's right. We're going through a process of sanctification, but it's not finished until after we die after this flesh is gone and we received our glorified, that's when it's fully complete in us. So in a sense, that's right. But in a major sense, it's wrong as well. Because again, in the eyes of God, it's done. It's finished. And so, they believe it's not, no, one's fully, no one is sanctified until after death. And uh, it's not God that finishes that work, but rather the Roman Catholic Church decides whether or not you've done enough to be a saint. And they canonize you uh, in order to make you a saint of God. And they elevate saints up on a different level from everybody else. The saints are the ones that get to go into heaven right away. They don't have to go through purgatory, they teach. They don't have to go down and pay for their sins. They're, it's done for them. They, get, they, they are canonized. They are, they are brought into heaven Right away. The problem is you have to go through the process of canonization and it may take a while for them to get the canonization done. I don't know what happens in the middle of that. They, if you get to go, <laughs> you have to wait for them to get that process done, all the red tape, in order to get you into heaven. I don't know. But that's, that's, that's their thinking concerning uh, sanctification. And it's done not by grace, but wholly on the basis of individual merit. What I've done. 
what you've done, works you've performed. That's, that's where they claim that sanctification comes from. Uh, now, Romans chapter 1 and verse number 7. Romans chapter 1 and verse number 7. Paul refutes this very teaching just in his greeting here to the church at Rome. In verse number 7, he says, To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. In fact, the to be is added for grammatical construction called saints is what it says in the Greek. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called saints. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Those folks didn't have to wait until they died for the church to canonize them to tell them whether or, not they were, uh, whether or not they were saints or not. Paul says right here, they're called to be that. That's what that calling works in us. And Paul talks about there in Romans chapter 8, describing our salvation, that calling us unto God. That, that very calling is for the purpose of making us saints, setting us apart unto God. And so this, this is part of our salvation, you see. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 2. He uses the same phrase again here. Under the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them, listen now, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, they're past tense, called saints, or called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and Ours called saints. So this is this is done. This is part of our salvation that we are made the saints of God, set apart to Him. He even uses the past tense there, sanctified uh, in that very verse in Second Corinthians chapter one. Second Corinthians chapter one and verse one. He calls them in Achaia here. Saints, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are in all Achaia. So that, that, that's this setting apart unto God is part of our salvation. It's done. By God, He has already declared it finished. We don't have to wait till we die to know it or to be it or to be canonized by somebody else. God has declared it by Him saving us, by Him giving us His grace. We are sanctified in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's finished before His eyes. Now, the words that are used with this particular um, word, uh, the, the other roots, if, it, if you will, or the word saint, of course. The word sanctuary is used in the Scripture, the, the, the meeting place or the, 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 the place of the saints, some, a place that's set apart 
for the worship of God. So that you have a sanctuary. So you have you have saints, uh, sanctuary, sanctification, holy, and holiness. They all have the same root word. It's all the same root there. And it means again to set apart. To set apart. It also means a secondary verse. Uh, a secondary meaning is to cause to pass over. To cause to pass over. And that means we're made right in our God and His judgment is passed over us. Just as with the Passover lamb, you see, that, that judgment that we rightly deserve passes over. And so it's to cause to pass over. The word sanctify itself has no moral connotation. Uh, the ve- in other words, the vessels in the temple, they were sanctified, as well as certain animals were sanctified for the service. So all it means is to be set apart, or setting apart. In fact, uh, in uh, Exodus 19, in verse number 23, Mount Sinai is said to be sanctified. Uh, so it's, it was set apart. Uh, there for that purpose that God was using at the time. We see Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse number 5 as he writes down this prophecy that God had given him. He declares to him that even before he was born, he was set apart. He was sanctified in that sense. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse number 5, as the Lord gives him this prophecy, he says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nation. He was set apart for this work. He was set apart for the Lord's service, even in his mother's womb. And so sanctification is not an eradication of the old nature. That's not what it is. That's not what it's declaring. Sanctification Sanctification is us being set apart to God. Being set apart to Him. Um, Go over to John chapter 10. Look with me there. John chapter 10, verse number 36. We see that here because the Lord Jesus didn't need any cleaning up. Uh, he had no sin in him that need to be done away with. But still, nonetheless, we find the Father sanctified him. He set him apart. That's what this is. Say ye of him, verse 36, John chapter 10, verse 36, Say ye of him whom the Father hath sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest, because I said I am the Son of God. And so the, the Lord says that He was set apart. He was sanctified by His Father for this work. And, and certainly Jesus had no old nature that needed to be taken care of. Uh, he, he had no sin in Himself. He was holy. Uh, he was righteous. He was undefiled, separate from sinners, the Scripture says. He even declared himself Satan had nothing in him. 
Uh, there was nothing that could be laid to his charge. He is God in the flesh. And there was nothing that could be held against him in any way, no sin whatsoever. Uh, but yet, nonetheless, he's set apart, he's sanctified. So this is not an eradication of sin, but it's a setting apart, a setting apart unto God. Um, in this instance, he's set apart from all others to be the Savior. And it, it was clear in that day that he was set apart by God. He was different from everybody else around him. And he's still different from everybody else around him. Literally all of history is divided in him. Time is divided in him. He is the chief figure of all of history. People still have to deal with Christ. They don't have to deal with anybody else. They have to deal with anybody else. They can know who Muhammad is. They don't have to, I don't have to deal with him. They, they, they wonder about Buddha and they might be able to look into him and study, but they don't have, they don't have to answer anything to him. They, they, they're not, they're not bent in any way. But with Jesus, you have to make it, you have to make a determination with him. You have to deal with him. Is he who he said he is? Did he mean the things that he said? Was he telling the truth or not? Did he live? Did he die? Did he come forth from the grave? I mean, these are questions that man's still asking today, 2,000 years later, because they have to deal with Christ. They have to. You don't have to deal with anybody else, but you have to deal with Christ. Because if he says who he, if he says, if he is who he says he is, if, he, if he's done what he says he's done, if, if his word is true as he says it is, then I'm going to have to do something. I, I'm going to have to ignore it. I'm going to have to not believe it. Or I'm going to have to believe it. I'm going to have to do it. I've, I've got to make, I've got to have some kind of decision. Based upon who Christ is. He's the, he's the only person ever. The only person ever in history that man has to do with. They have to do something with it. They have to do something with it. And so he's set apart by the Father to be the Savior. He's set apart for that purpose. And it was clear. He was set apart. He was set apart by the Father. John chapter 17, verse number 19, he sets himself apart. John 17, verse number 19. He says, and for their sakes I sanctify myself. For their sakes I sanctify myself that they may also, that they also rather might be sanctified through the truth. They might be sanctified through the truth. And so he set him apart, set himself apart to the work of redemption. To redeem us unto the Father. Now notice in Hebrews 10 and verse number 10. 
Sanctification is by, it is by the blood of Christ. Hebrews 10, verse number 10, that setting apart, that making us holy, that making us a saint there, uh, is accomplished, is finished, is worked by the blood of Christ. Hebrews 10, verse 10 says, By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. In chapter 13, in verse number 12, Hebrews 13, verse number 12. He says, Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Sanctify Sanctify the people with his own blood suffered without the gate. This is both objective and positional sanctification that we have in Christ Jesus. This is what a believer is by virtue of Jesus' blood for him. And this is the imputed holiness uh, that is extended to, given to us because Christ is our holiness. He is our holiness. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30 and verse number 31. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30, verse number 31. He says, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. He's the one that's worked this for us. He's the one that gives this for us. He is, he is the one who... Uh, by His grace, extends these things to us. And this aspect of our sanctification is eternal. It's eternal. It does not pass away. We are set apart eternally for our Lord. This aspect of sanctification is not improved upon. Uh, if Christ is our holiness, we are as holy as He is. Because it's His holiness that we have. And so this is not personal holiness, but proxy holiness that's being described to us in these passages. And so it's, it's what our Lord has earned for us, and it's what He gives unto us before the throne of God. He gives unto us His righteousness, which in turn makes us holy before the throne of God. Now notice also sanctification is by the Holy Spirit. 
in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, again verse number 13, notice with me, Second Thessalonians 2 and verse number 13. Paul says, but we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. This is internal action that separates a believer from the world by the new birth. This is experiential, and it is the beginning of the work of grace in the heart of a child of God. So you have, you have that, that which we have in Christ positionally, in that sanctification that we are sanctified before the throne of God, that is, that is our, our place. That's what is accomplished for us in Christ Jesus. That's how we are seen from the throne of God. And then there is that working it out in us that we find, for instance, in this passage of where He is working that sanctification through us and in us each and every day. That is experiential for us. And it comes... Uh, and works in us by the Word of God as well. In uh, John 17, in our Lord's high priestly prayer, we read there verse 19 where He said He had sanctified Himself for us. Here in verse 17, He is asking the Father to set us apart. And He tells how He is desiring to set us apart. John 17, verse 17, he says, Sanctify them, set them apart through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Now this is that practical part of sanctification. That is that personal part of our sanctification. The word has a separating influence in the lives of the child of God. The word keeps us from sin, and then the opposite side of that, sin will keep us from the word. Uh, that's just how that works in us. <coughs> Charles Spurgeon, I think it was, it was uh, told a lady told her she said uh, I'd give all the world to know the Bible as you know it and he said that's just what it cost me that's just what it cost me we are set apart we are set apart from all of this all that we see around us we're set apart even from ourselves as the children of God. We don't belong to this world. We are, as the Scripture describes for us, pilgrims and strangers in this place. Sanctification by the Word is progressive. 
progressive in personal holiness, or progress rather in personal holiness, comes by feeding on the Word of God. Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 16. Colossians 3 verse number 16. He says, Let the, the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Every child of God Everyone who is saved is also sanctified. We're sanctified. In the sense that we have our Lord's holiness on us. And we are set apart by that holiness before the throne of God. But also, there is a process of sanctification that's going on in us. As he is making us more and more like his son. And this is done through the work of the Spirit of God. This is done through the work of the Word of God. And the Spirit using the Word to, to, to make us, to clean us, uh, to set us more and more apart as we live our lives for him. One is sanctified when he believes in Christ and he also makes progress in holiness as he studies the Word of God, as he draws nigh unto Christ, as we serve him and follow him in our daily walk. All right, let's all stand and we'll be dismissed tonight.